0: comfortable, lift up your hands, and if you're not comfortable, lift them up anyway. Lord, we worship you. We give you praise. You are worthy of our praise. You are worthy of our praise, Lord. We give you praise. We give you praise today. We give you praise today. We are the army of the living God, and Lord, we give you praise. Lord, we give you praise. You are worthy. You are worthy of our praise. Ready us to receive, Lord. Ready us to see. Ready us to hear. Right now, in Jesus' name, church shouts. Praise you, Lord, amen. Praise you, Lord, today. Praise you, Lord. I could have worshiped all day right there. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Continuing on today with establishing our faith, just to tell you what I'm aiming at here when I start off with this verse. Numbers 13, 30. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. You, you, I almost hate to talk about it because I don't like to give people or institutions legitimacy in comparison to God. But you have to because of these verses. Numbers 13, 33. So you heard three verses before this. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and take possession for we are well able to overcome it. So you heard that, Right? Now, three verses later, there we, hears the witnesses, outside of Joshua and Caleb, there we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak came from the giants, and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in their sight. What was I talking about a moment ago where I don't like to give legitimacy to institutions or people? Well, I can flat out tell you that there is an antichrist spirit in this world. Amen. I did a little expose last night on the podcast of the United Nations. And the World Health Organization runs out of the United Nations. The, world, the WHO is the United Nations, the United Nations is the WHO. You're like, Tom, I'm not here to listen to politics. I'm waiting for the first person to get up and leave. The reason why you believe that's politics is because you are being destroyed for lack of knowledge. Amen. If you see what's going on there right now, I'm gonna give you a twofold example. And for those of you that watched the podcast last night, I mildly apologize for the redundancy, but I don't really apologize. The, what's happening out of the United Nations is perversion and control. The church must stand up to these things. You cannot be afraid. You have to stand up. What am I talking about? Well, they're just at the World Health Organization. Our, our administration, if you want to call it that, I'd more call it a regime. But well, the administration, the Biden administration, has signed us up for what's called the pandemic treaty out of the World Health Organization, which is ostensibly the exact same thing as the UN's global initiative, which is basically being able to control anything that's called a global outbreak, a global situation, a what they call, quote unquote, a global shock, where they can come in and control people anytime that they deem that there is a global shock. Oh, Tom Politics, do you ever read the book of Revelation? The book of Revelation is not Alex Jones, even though Alex Jones is right most of the time. But I'm telling you, it's not right-wing conspiracy theory to believe in the mark of the beast. That used to be standard preaching. So when you have something as large as the United Nations The ambassador for one of the African countries in the United Nations is sitting in Rodney Howard Brown's church this morning. Something as large as the United Nations, that can appear to be giants in the land the descendants of Anak. But listen, we are to possess the land. We are to occupy the land. Not do what you're told to do that violates the scriptures. You don't violate the scriptures in the name of being a community partner and a good neighbor and in the name of love. God didn't tell you to be a good neighbor. He told you to love your neighbor. He didn't tell you to be a compliant neighbor. So they're putting these initiatives in place to where anytime there is a global shock or a pandemic, they can come in and control you. And our own government is yielding the sovereign control of the United States over to these global institutions and how this doesn't, I mean, I guarantee you that I am one of five churches in America preaching about this today. That's why the love of most will grow cold and most Christians will take the mark of the beast. They'll take the mark of the beast and meet that Sunday, believing that it's love. Love. Hey, your mark looks good. No, your mark looks better. I put it on my right hand. I know she you put your, I, cho- I see you chose the forehead. Well, I chose the right hand. <laughs> Having no idea what the Bible says. You think I'm kidding. I'm not kidding. I'm kidding, but I'm not kidding. It's exactly what's going to happen. You think everybody's going to know it's the mark of the beast? You're going to have to stand, listen, Caleb, I am doing this, and you're going to need to do this with your family, with your friends, with your span of control. Quiet the people before the Antichrist to say, you know what, let us go up at once and take possession. We're well able to overcome it. But what happens is the UN thinks of us as grasshoppers because that's how the churches thought of themselves. And we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. Well, what can we do against the United Nations? Well, the Holy Ghost? You ever read read Acts 5-1? They should be terrified of the church. Ananias and Sapphira? They should be terrified of us. I'm not gonna do nothing. The people didn't kill anybody. Holy Ghost did it. You can't say that in church. I'm saying it in the church. They should be terrified of us. This is establishing our faith. You're not some shrinking violet. You wield the sword of the spirit. And then there comes, so they have this global control, anything they want. Let's see now. CO2 emissions, lockdown. Not enough people using the preferred pronouns, lockdown. They're coming after the power grid to knock the power grid out. They're gonna call it attacks from white supremacist terrorists. I'm, I'm still waiting for the one white supremacist terrorist attack. <laughs> I keep hearing that they're the number one existential threat to America. I've yet to see any. Tell me there's no white supremacy? Yeah, there's white supremacists. There's Mexican supremacists, black supremacists, It's all kind of people. Anybody who focuses on race, you're a racist. I don't care if you're doing it to advocate for a race, you're a racist. If you're advocating for whites, you're a racist. You're advocating for blacks, you're a racist. You're advocating for Asians, you're a racist. And I'll say this one more time. I love how all the advocates for racists are the ones who plant Planned Parenthood centers in every urban center and kill half their population. At least with me, you can call me white supremacist all I want. Everybody lives. Everybody lives. I may turn you around at the border and send you back, but you get to live. People who advocate for you to cross the border would happily kill you in the womb. Or in California, 28 days after the womb. That's only the first, back to the UN. What else is the UN doing? They're trying to legitimize pedophilia. This just came out in writing. In writing, that they want people who are eight years old to be able to advocate for their own sexual freedom. Are you, were those numbers specifically? You there? not anybody under the age of 18, they left the rest out. Advocate for your sexual freedom. So an eight-year-old girl Who's been adopted by a 38-year-old pervert who's become daddy is now, and, and is now raping her? Tommy, you sound like you were in law enforcement for a lot of years. Yeah. Who is now raping her? Sounds like Woody Allen. Who's now, who's now sexually assaulting this girl and now she, who this is her dad, is going to advocate for some sort of convoluted sexual freedom? You, you think that these drag shows are just coincidences? It's greasing the skids. It's lubing the tubes. So think the thing that UN can just sweep in here and, and, just, and just legalize pedophilia. It's what's gonna happen. It's happening on college campuses right now. A few of the professors who were stupid enough to go ahead and pop their head above the radar were fired. Because they wanna call it, what's what's the verbiage that they use? I can't remember, something preferred. Minor attracted persons. Thank you, you're awesome. All I need was one word, I needed it. They wanna change pedophilia to minor attracted persons? That's exactly what the UN is doing. So we're gonna look at that, are we gonna say, let us go up at once and take possession, or are we gonna choose the stance of a grasshopper? Everyone will say, I'm going to choose the stance of a mighty warrior of God. Really? Did you do that when a 99.9% survival virus came knocking on your door? You think you're high and mighty, but your actions say otherwise. Point one. 0.1% death rate. Well, I didn't know it at the time. Well, study to show yourself approved, dumb nuts. You're destroyed for lack of knowledge. I told you before, when COVID came around, I was not lighting the world on fire in ministry. I'd stayed the exact same, same size church for 15 years. 175 to 250, 175 to 250. For ten for fifteen years like that. So I wasn't I wasn't Mr. Revelatory, but I knew the Holy Ghost spoke to me. Why could I hear? It certainly wasn't because I was upper echelon of pastors. Maybe it's because I actually read the Bible. Unlike the upper echelon of pastors. Who all closed. Who all, man, they see it's coming again. What are they, what's the big deal about a power grid thing? Well, they'll turn your power grid off and say, you know what, we'll turn it back on for you, but everything will be re- remote controlled by FPL. Who is an ESG, I don't know if they are or not, I'm just using them as an example. Who is an ESG DEI company? And we'll let you have your power back on but you got to put on the thermostat that we can shut it off and turn it up and down as we see fit. In the, church, in the church, if it goes by how it's been acting, well, you know, we want to do our part to save the planet. Everything you just said was a lie. You honestly think people can, can take down and destroy God's creation? You know what the stats are for CO2? CO2 makes up 0.04 of the atmosphere, of which humanity creates 3% of that 0.04. To this day, it used to be worse. They just create a problem, the United Nations and the antichrist spirit creates a problem and then offer you their totalitarianism as a solution. You had better learn to stand because it's coming for you. Everybody sits back. Oh, look at the silly man. Look at the silly, sweaty, screaming, spitting man. I'm so glad that I'm above all this. Yeah, you, were you really? So COVID had no affect on you. It was a thorn in my right butt cheek. <laughs> Sir, are going to need you to put a mask on? No. People staring at me in Home Depot. That's where I miss being able to use profanity. I so much wanted to give them the double-barreled, non-family-friendly And so much wanted to say, "Yeah, I'm not masked, you stupid idiot, just like you." Listen, I'm not masked like an idiot, like you are, you stupid idiot. <laughs> look at me, say, "Look at me, save the world!" Here they come. Here they come. Now they're going to try to save the world from CO2 emissions. 0.04 percent of the atmosphere. How's that a problem? One volcano creates enough CO2 that all of mankind creates in 30 years. Yeah. And but what will the church do? They believed all the antichrist spirit before. They, they believed the baby butchers before. Why would you ever take medical advice from somebody who doesn't know what a human being is? You're gonna, you're gonna take medical advice about your humanity from somebody who doesn't know what humanity is. They don't know what a girl is, they don't know what a boy is, they don't know what an unborn person is an unborn person. But yeah, you're gonna take their clot juice and shove it into your blood system. And like you're all fired up this morning. I'm always fired up. Sounds like a Ric Flair convention in here. I just watched a two and a half inter- hour interview with Ric Flair and Joe Rogan. It's fantastic. <laughs> Let me tell you one last thing. Numbers thirty three fifty five. I'm sorry about this in the back, guys. I didn't give you any of these. This put it came into my beautiful mind <sighs> last night and put it in the message. Numbers thirty three fifty five. But if you do not drive out the inhabitants of the land from before you then it shall be that those whom you let remain shall be irritants in your eyes and thorns in your sides. Which correlates to the thorn of the flesh in 2 Corinthians twelve seven. Which is what, by the way? It's humanity. It's irritating people. It's, it's people who gossip inside the church. People who stir up dissension inside the church. That was Paul's problem. But you have to take these, listen, you have to drive out the inhabitants of the land. If you look at it as faith, you need to drive out all ambient noise. All, all that comes against the knowledge of God must be driven out or it will be an irritant in your eye. That eye correlates with Matthew chapter 6, 22 and 23. The lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? It depends on how you see. If you do not drive out things in your life that are antithetical to the word of God, they will be a plague to you, a thorn in your side, an irritant in how you prophetically see. You have to embrace the entirety of the word of God. Every last aspect of it. Whether you likes it or not, whoo, you gotta take it anyway. Just receive it. I'll give you an example, I haven't even started the message yet, it's 1123. So you have to preach both sides. We have the faith of Jesus. Jesus is the word, so the word is our faith. Right here, this is your faith. There's no, there's no mystery here. Mark four thirty-four. to you it has been given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. It's right here. Well, What do I need? Well, where am I supposed to be financially? Well, he, everything you set your hands to, you're supposed to prosper. Um, you're supposed to give 10% of that prosperity to the Lord. I wonder why my kids aren't saved. Because the, the devourer was never rebuked from your family because you don't tithe. Oops. It's the truth. Or tithing's optional to you. I'll catch up later. You're never gonna catch up. So you have to, you have to embrace the entirety of the word of God. Everybody, I'm gonna do this now. And when I say, and the only way to frame it in English is to say the positive and the negative. Although to me, none of the word of God is negative. It's just true. There's no negative and there's no positive. It's just all the truth. So let's do that. Here's the positive. Romans 6, 23. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. The verses before, or what benefit did you reap at the time from the things, just to, just to summarize the verses before, what benefit did you reap at the time from the things, from from your from the at that moment when you were sinning? What benefit did you reap from your sin? But now that you have been set free from sin and have become a slave to God, the benefit you reap leads to holiness, and the result is eternal life. Then it comes, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So there is what we would call the positive. And you know how often do you preach the positive? Every day. How often do you preach what we would call the negative? Every day, whatever's applicable. Quiet in here. Luke 16, 19 through 31. Well, that's a big lump of scripture, Tom, yeah. I'll read it fast, I read fast. There was a certain rich man, and I've told you this. I've told you this, but I want you to listen. There, there was a certain rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen and fair, fared uh, sumptuously every day, but there was a certain beggar named Lazarus Everybody knows Luke 16, 19 through uh, 31. Full of sores, who was laid at his gate, desiring to be fed with crumbs, which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. Well, we don't preach that in the church. That's not positive. Okay, then you're just not, you're part of the antichrist spirit. If you're you're refusing Christ, which is the word, what are you? Well, we we choose to uh, filter things out for love's sake. God is love. So if, you, if your version of love is not God's, then you're antichrist. It really is that simple. Life, life is very, very simple. It's yes or no. Whatever is more than that is from the evil one. S- uh, censoring, filtering, banning, soft peddling are all of the devil. For whatever is more than these is from the evil one. Where was that? Licking his source. There we go. So it was that the beggar died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom. He went to heaven. The rich man also died and was buried. And being, and being in torments in Hades, in hell, he lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham afar off and Lazarus in, in, his, in his bosom. Then he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on him, on me, and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue. You have to preach about hell. Amen. Well, that's not how you win people. Oh, really? Oh, so Jesus didn't know how to win people, nor did Paul, but you do. I gotta remember where I'm at, cool my tongue. <laughs> this reminds me of people who advocate poverty. I'm not one of those prosperity word of faith people, then you're stupid. You are, you're actually an ignorant human being. You've never read the Bible. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might become rich. And you say this is not God's will, when he said he became poor so you could become rich. He became sin so you could be forgiven. And you deny health and wealth? He took up your infirmities and carried your diseases? He became poor so you could become rich. He became sin so you could become righteousness. Come on, come on. Good. 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 Those same people go, well, you know, that pastor is flying around that private jet. He ought to be giving all that money to the poor. All right, let's compare. Say he brought, say he's, he, he, he makes $20 million a year Personally, makes twenty million dollars a year, and he gives seven million to the poor. Let's just say he flies around in his private jets, drinks some cafe lattes, get <laughs> the finest of this and the finest of that. And I nice said, he gave seven million to the poor, while the Christian critic who makes fifty-seven thousand dollars a year—I don't make six figures, by the way—so if you think, wow. Tom must be rolling in it. No, I make $95,000 a year. That's what I make. So everybody knows. And all other pastors of churches this size make at least double that. Just so you know. So all you critics out there want to crucify me today at Applebee's? (laughs) Take your crucifixion and cram it. You have no idea what you're even talking about. Look, don't be destroyed for lack of knowledge. And you ought to be very careful about trampling on God's anointed. You ought to be reading Numbers 12, 6 through 8. Be very careful about it. Then he said, then he said, hear now my words. If there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, make myself known to him in a vision. I speak to him in a dream. Not so, not so with my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my house. I speak with him face to face, even plainly, and not in dark sayings. And he sees the form of the Lord. Why then were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? Miriam and Aaron, leprosy. You ought to be real careful about what goes on at Applebee's. (laughs) But that same guy who makes $57,000 a year, who is a Jesse Deplanis critic... Well, he don't understand, he drives around, he drives around, he's always flying around those private jets. <laughs> that guy didn't even tithe, so he didn't even give his 5,700. See, so he, he gave 500 bucks. So you're righteous in your poverty with your 500 bucks versus a man who made 20 million and gave 7 million to the poor? Explain to me your righteousness. You know you can have both, by the way. God wants you as his child, as as a joint heir with Jesus, to be healthy, wealthy, and happy. And give a lot away if you want. You can't give a lot away if you don't have a lot. People are ridiculous. you actually think you're righteous? We sound like this. I'm a great critic. Your criticism means nothing. Where where is that? Where is that listed in 1 Corinthians chapter twelve as a gift of the Spirit? Not to each one the manifestation of the Spirit was given for the common good. First Corinthians 12, 7. How's your criticism? Well, I just have, I just point out whatever's wrong. Yeah, but you don't save you don't save anybody. You don't win anybody. You don't win the lost. You don't perform any miracles. So what is your criticism ever accomplished? Well, I'm right. Woohoo! Wow. First of all, you're probably not, but even if you were, who cares? Where the heck was I? I'll just guess. Oh, oh, awesome. Yeah, cool my tongue. There, yeah, that's good. Then he cried and said, the rich man, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and said the La- and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in, in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Remember that in your lifetime you received good things, and likewise, Lazarus, evil things. But now he is com- comforted, and you are tormented. And besides all this, between us and you there is a great gulf fixed so that those who want to pass from here to you cannot, nor can those from there pass to us. Are you preaching this to your kids? I don't want there to be a gulf between me and Norma, between me and Tommy, or any of my family, or any of you, where you are begging me in eternity to dip my finger in water and put it on your scorched tongue. I don't want it. But how then can they call on the one they have not believed in? How can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? How can they hear without someone preaching to them? Somebody's got to tell them about hell. Plus, listen, if you're going to be of the faith of Jesus... That it's supposed to be quick and powerful and sharp. The voice is boring, and lame, and world light diet world. Well, we're just a lot nicer than ever. That's not going to do you any good. You being a whole lot nicer is not going to keep the mark off your forehead. You're going to have to be the restraining in Second Thessalonians chapter 2 Thessalonians 2, 3-8. through eight. You're going to have to be the restraining. You're going to have to stand. You're going to have to let your yes be yes and your no be no. Right in the midst of the UN. Right in the midst of the Democratic Party. Right in the midst of the Republican Party. Now. Not tomorrow. Now. Now where was I? Gosh, dog it. Golf, there we go. Then he said... I beg you therefore, Father, that you would send him to my Father's house. So he says there's a gulf between me and you, between heaven and hell that cannot be crossed. So now the rich man says, I beg you therefore, Father, that you would send him to my Father's house. Send Lazarus to my Father's house to warn them, for I have five brothers that that he may testify to them, lest they also come to this place of torment. Once you're there, you're never getting out. For those of you disinterested, for those of you that just put it out of your mind, you can do it all you want, simply because you don't believe it doesn't mean it's not true. There's people in this country that don't believe a man is a man and a woman is a woman. They don't believe it, it doesn't make it any less true. It's just true. Abraham said to him, they have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. And he said, no, Father Abraham, but if, if one goes to them from the dead, they will repent. But he said to them, if they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded through one rise from the dead. Everybody thinks, everybody thinks, if I just see this or I just see that, you already have it. You're choosing not to believe it. Every day you don't crack it. It's right here, receive it, read it, believe it. Blessed is the man who hears and reads this, reads this book, Revelation chapter one, verse three. Amen. So we have to establish our faith. What I just read to you, heaven, hell, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Then heaven, gulf, hell, that's all the gospel. And it must be preached to your four-year-old. To your 84-year-old mother. What side of the gulf is she gonna be on? Nobody in my family doesn't know where I am, where I stand. Does anybody talk to me? Not about their personal life. Establishing our faith. Colossians 2, 7. Rooted and built up. Didn't give you this one either, guys. Just threw it in. Rooted and built up in him. Established in faith as you have been taught. You can be established if you're never taught it. You go into the lukewarm, latte-sucking, skinny jeans-wearing, <laughs> our church. Well, glory to God! Hallelujah! Good morning, everybody. Just tell your neighbor that you love them, and tell your neighbor that your pastor loves them, and God bless you all. You're dismissed. Get your gift back in the back. Go to one of our onboarding classes. What onboarding into what? Your cult. Yeah, you know who calls us a cult? The cults. All you get here is unfettered Bible. If they're adding and subtracting from it, who's the cult? They're avoiding, I don't avoid one Bible verse, ever. Rooted and built up in him, established in the faith, as you have been been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. You just embrace it. God's word says that I'm going to hell. That's the truth. Embrace it and do something about it. Don't try to explain your way out of it. God's word says that I'm a horrible husband. Embrace it. Do something about it. God's word says that I'm a nagging, dripping wife. Embrace it. Do something about it. You're not gonna nag him into heaven. You know, you know how you win people? I told you this last week. How, do you win, how you win people is with power. Stop begging them to come to church. It's not powerful. Hey, have you thought about coming this week? Be, make yourself a magnet for people. Where they want what you have. You're successful. You're happy. You've gotten rid of the antidepressants. They want what you have. You're prosperous. I've had so many women come up to me throughout the years. What do I do? Because my husband makes all the money, and, I, and he won't tithe. Go make your own money. Tithe off of it. How are you going to be, look at me now, ladies. If your husband is the financial source of your home, of your family, and you want money, you want to tithe, you want to tithe, you want to honor God with tithe, well, go make money. You're not going to get rich if you don't sow seed. You're never gonna have a harvest with no seed. Where are all the orange trees? Well, there's no orange seeds planted. So all the Christians, they always wander into fields. Where's the harvest? Where's the seed? You wanna be free, go get yourself a job flipping burgers. I'm 74, who cares, you got to 120. I finally found another preacher who preaches that. It's Jesse Duplantis. The only other one I know that preaches 120. It's God's word. It's Galatians 6 3 under the Abrahamic covenant. Genesis 6 3. I said Galatians 6.3. Genesis 6.3. But go, listen, you, you, you want to be financially free? You want to sow you want you want to sow into the kingdom? Go make money. Sow it. Watch yourself prosper. Become richer than him, and he'll want what you have. How'd you get that? Holy Ghost. You don't need to have some long dissertation. God, I do that, God, Holy Ghost, Jesus. You're driving a better car than me. Yeah, that's right. Jesus did it. Tommy, what are you, some women's liber? Absolutely not. I'm no women's liber. I'm no man's liber. Do what the word of God says. That says you can't have a job. The kids are gone. Why are you sitting there at home all day? Oh, I wish I could tithe. I wish he'd go to church. Set an example for him to follow. Go back to again, like I said, to Romans ten fourteen. How then can they call him the one they have not believed in? Make him believe. Preach through your actions. Nagging didn't work. Much longer you're going to return to that insanity. There's so many things I want to say right now. (laughs) Like a lapse into a whole marriage thing right now. Oh, Ryan said to come on, so I'm going. (laughs) Everybody does what doesn't work for years. I'm like, why? You're like, Tom, is that you? No. And if I I am doing it and it doesn't work, I plainly admit it doesn't work. If you want to stay fat, I know how to stay fat. <laughs> and you know, and I, listen, there's probably not many people, there's a few people in this room, but not many people that exercise more than I do. I'm very active. I can't sleep without it. I'm total, I'm an addict to exercise. But I stay fat. Why? Sugar. <laughs> so I know. I, don't, oh, I just don't know why it doesn't work. I know why. The other day, the first thing I ate was a dub bar and a Coke. An ice cream dub bar out of my freezer. Ooh, this would be a good way to start the day. Wash it down with a Coke. My head's like, woo. Women want to get married. And I'm like, but you look like crap. (laughs) Why are you not sowing seed? Why are you not honoring your husband right now? You're 78 pounds overweight. Well, Tom, you're overweight, yeah, but it's too late for Hope. (laughs) I already got her, so it's over. Sorry. Sorry. Same thing with men, If you want, does it make the ladies feel better if I picked on men? Yeah. I'll pick on men too, all right. Men, you wanna get married, you look like crap. I lost a bunch of weight, snagged Hope, then got fat afterwards. You don't do, you didn't do the weight loss part. <laughs> But seriously, you you wanna get married? Why are you not honoring your future spouse by how you look? I see Christian women, I really wanna get married. You're 100 pounds overweight. Why are you not honoring your spouse? Be not deceived, God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. What What kind of seed are you planting to a future marriage? You don't tithe, you struggle with going to church, you slip in and out of sexual sin, and you wanna get married? Husbands are like, how do I get my wife into some more sexual activity? If your kid's in here, it's your fault, I'm telling you. There's 200 kids back there. I don't, listen, the Bible says sexual things. So I say them. Paul said, I wish you'd just go ahead and castrate yourself. So I say those things. (laughs) So men want more activity in the bedroom so they keep doing the same thing year after year after year, begging. (laughs) So worst thing you can do. What are you, Tommy, you some expert? Yeah, expert, (laughs) freaking expert. I know how it works. That's listen, I connect with my feminine side, so I know how women think. I watch Hallmark movies, I know how it works. You're stupid. Come on, babe, it's been 2 weeks. I never do that. Ever. <laughs> My wife's telling me to stop. No, I'm telling you, it doesn't work. No, I'd say one more thing. I'm telling you, the worst thing for a woman is for you to be unmanly. You may have to sow sexlessness for a while because she's irritated because you're so manly. This is how women work, understand. I said this to you a month ago. A woman will try to drive you to be another woman. Even a Christian woman will try to drive you to be another woman. They will, all the while subconsciously wishing that you would fight against her and be a man. That's how you get all the activity in the bedroom. (laughs) Women like men. They may not know it, and you may have to sow seed. It may take a while, but you can, well, I don't wanna go sexless for a couple months. You can go sexless for a couple months or get it once a month for the rest of your life. You go sexless for a couple months, become a a real man, and get it every time you want it. You're welcome. Or you can keep going your way. How's it working? (laughs) (sighs) Amen. There's so there's many other things I want to say, but I think it it may drive hope to walk out of the church. So since Jesus is our faith, because Jesus is the word, I'm a Christian. How many Christians are in here? Shout amen. amen. Okay, so if you're a Christian and Jesus is the word, why are most Christians Christianity, not the Bible? No hellfire and brimstone, no repentance, no health and wealth. You're like, Tom, you merge all those things together? Yes, that's called the gospel. As much as I tell somebody that God wants to prosper the work of, of their hands, every time they set their hands to anything, it will prosper. I tell them that if they live in sin, they're going to hell. That's the gospel. Jesus isn't missing verses. So the full witness of the word must be taught. Again, what we would call positive or negative. If the full witness of the word is not taught, then you fall into the parable of the sower. Matthew 13, Mark four, and Luke eight. Three different times in three different gospels. The wayside is where you have the devil comes, the word is sown, the devil comes and takes away the word immediately. Stony ground is where it falls onto a heart and it doesn't get rooted in. Temptation comes and they fall away. Thorny ground is when it gets choked by the cares, riches, and pleasures of life, which is most of us in America, including me. And then you have the good ground, falls on the good ground, received with a noble and good heart, and bears much fruit. You only get the good word if it's the full word and the full witness of the word that is actually taught. Now when you have the UN crawling up on you, the World Health Organization crawling up on you, they are coming. Now you know what is restraining, that he may be revealed in his own time, for the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way, and then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. Second Thessalonians chapter two, three through eight. You have to be the restraining. Now you have, in order to restrain, you have to know what to restrain. Again, I tell you this, I know I've told you this a dozen times, but this is where Pastor Rodney had to come up to me and say, listen, they don't know. You're screaming at a bunch of people and you're wanting them to just wake up because they, don't, they can't wake up from that which they don't know. You don't wake up, oh, I know everything. They honestly don't know. They don't know what to restrain, so I'm telling you. If it's something where you have to flash a QR code, somebody is controlling your access to all commerce, you ought to be paying attention. That's Revelation chapter 13 and 14. Pay attention so that you restrain it. Yeah, but they have viable excuses. Of course they do. You think the devil's coming to your house? Hello? Mark of the Beast here. No, they use leverage. If you watch the podcast, leveraging you into a one world commerce system with a singular access point controlled by tyranny. Singular access point. What's that access point? Whatever they want it to be. For a while, it was a vaccine passport that didn't pan out for them. You know why it didn't pan out? Because the vaccine didn't stop transmission and infection. If the vaccine would have stopped transmission and infection, I'd probably be in prison right now. Because I ain't taking that freaking thing. It's got nothing to do. It has absolutely nothing to do with the virus. It has to do with controlling you. That he causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand or on their forehead. And then no one may buy or sell except one who has the mark of the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him who has understanding, let him who has understanding calculate the number of the beast. For it is the number of a man. His number is 666. You have to be in the game, fortified, established in faith. Most Christians don't even know about the mark of the beast. No, they all know. No, they don't. Some of you are, you, you are generationally challenged. You believe that what was taught to you at Olive Branch Assembly of God Church in Hoboken, New Jersey has been taught to everybody. It hasn't been because all of these pastors have been neutered by a watered down gospel. Neutered, clipped, gone. I just want to grow a church. Why do you want to grow a church? You're not called to grow a church. You're called to preach the word. Amen. If it grows, it grows. If it don't, it don't. Otherwise, this way. if you're not rooted and grounded, established in your faith, knowing what to look for, next week I'm going to preach about being able to discern the specific. A lot of people have no idea. I mean, I'm talking about I'll use the one that everybody likes to talk about, equally yoked, right? I mean, I'm never gonna get to the rest. 1154, what happened? No, somebody's been talking for a long time up here. I don't know who it is, but somebody's been talking a long time up here. Do not be yoked together with unbelievers. For what do righteousness and wickedness have in common, or what fellowship could light have with darkness, right? So that's an easy choice. You should most, Although most people don't listen to it. Should you date the person? Oh, first of all, are they saved? hey Pastor Tom nobody does it anymore I burned that to the ground <laughs> scooped it up and then poured salt on it it's gone forever nobody comes up and talks to me about their relationship smart move because <laughs> the very first thing uh, you know ladies come up to me well, I don't know uh, how's your marriage my marriage is just terrible are you submitting to your husband well uh, <clears throat> there's no more counseling needed <laughs> done I'm having financial trouble. Do you tithe? No more counseling needed. You're disobedient. You flaunt the word of God. You disrespect it. You have no respect for Jesus, the Jesus you say that you love. But anyway, the specific is, I don't know why I'm preaching this when I'm preaching next week, but I'll give you just a a little preview. People know, I assume, that you don't date an unbeliever. What do you do when you got two two believers to choose from? God will tell you. You can operate in that level of specificity. You can. You better learn how to. You're called to. Tempted to preach this right now. I'm preaching right now. We try to be done in 14 minutes (laughs) because I want to pray. I want to pray over people. There's people in here that need to be healed. Those of you who are offended, just become unoffended right now. Right now. What are you offended about? (laughs) Hope's laughing. She's making me laugh. When she laughs, it makes me laugh. What are you offended about? Because I taught you how to have more sex? She's trying to help you. It's in the Bible. So I'll close with this, sort of. <laughs> he expects you to know the specific. No, you can't know these are mysteries. No, Mark 4, 11. To you it has been given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. Stop preaching God as a mystery when he is no longer a mystery to you. You have been given the mind of Christ. He's not a mystery. That's 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 16. The mind of Christ is yours. Amen. Well, I don't know everything. That's because you have unbelief. You don't do the four essentials, prayer, Bible study, worship, and fellowship every day. So you don't know what the Bible says about certain specific things in life. Most Christians can't even get past the very simplistic black and white issues. Now, if you have, I'm talking about a whole nother realm of specificity. Where you can actually was it a sin to wear a mask? Was it a sin to get vaccinated? No. Is it a sin to not attend church? No, it's not. It's please understand the difference between sin and everything else. Otherwise, you'll be destroyed for lack of knowledge. That's what the modern progressive church is doing, is conflating sin with everything else. Therefore, it negates the negative effect of sin. Psychologically, but not spiritually. But those things that are not heaven or hell, God wants you to know beyond that. You should know. Should I watch porn tonight? No, I'm just appreciating the beauty of a woman's body. That's Satan talking. And you ought to know that. God wants you to know the specific. When they come to you and say, hey, we know we're trying to save the planet. Something ought to arise on the inside of you. That's knowing the specific because that's not heaven or hell. Comes to the mark of the beast in the name of saving the planet, which is what's coming, by the way. All different tactics, gun grabbing, climate change, trying to stir us up against each other, race versus race, party versus party. You know you can have one party exist with another. All we have to do is agree on one thing. We can battle about everything else. We have to agree to maintain the ability to argue. That's it. But one party's trying to take the ability to argue away. I don't care what anybody says. Why do they care? Why are they so afraid of us having, uh, uh, us having a platform? Because they're scared of the truth. But when they come to you and they say, you know all we're asking is, is it so much to ask. It's the devil. You ought to know that's the devil. God expects you to know that's the devil. But if you don't put the time in, you're not gonna know. Here's a great story from Andrew Womack. There was a woman that attended his Bible school. Knew every verse about prosperity, but she was still a coupon clipper. She would drive all over town. I used to get on my wife about this. I'm like, you're driving to go all the way across town burning $5 worth of gas to save 12 cents on a carton of eggs. And this woman, because she was raised in the Depression, went to Karis Bible School. And listen, don't go, oh, Tom, you know, that Tom is wholeheartedly into Karis Bible School. Tom is wholeheartedly into Andrew Womack. I'm not wholeheartedly into anybody. I'm wholeheartedly into the Bible. Amen. There are preachers that I watch, Andrew Womack is one. But Andrew Womack, Jesse Duplantis, primarily I watch Rodney Howard Brown Jonathan Shelsworth. Those are my four. I watched some Jerry Savelle too. I'll watch, but I'll go back. I mean, there's others that I watch too. If they're, if they're like Word of Faith, Kenneth Hagin, Kenneth Copeland, Charles Caps, I watch those guys. Miracle workers, way makers. Yeah. I'm not real interested in the God can, but you never know if he will. Not the Bible. If it's not the Bible, I have no interest in it. I have interest in you, but I have no interest in what you say. None. You taught me, you really that black and white? Yep, black and white. Don't care. That's not the Bible. That's what you heard. That's not the Bible. Anybody comes to me, I, I'm shocked. My counseling is actually going up. I have counseling just about every Sunday now. I'm like, you're insane. <laughs> but God expects you to know the specific. When they come to you and they say, you know what, all we want you to do is get an EV. Electric car, that's all we're asking, save the planet. You should know in your heart that's the antichrist. God expects you to live like that. But if you never actually master, people, people are always talking about, you know, well, you know, that's the basics. Are you, how are you above the basics? What fruit is there that you have that's evidence that you're above the basics? Well, we've been Christians for a long time. Look at my Jesus Bible fish cover. Look at Look at us. I've got a mug that says Jesus on it. i got a bumper sticker that says Jesus. A, 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 a Bible cover that's got a fish on it. I go to these conferences. I'm an advanced Christian. There's no miracles though. You're not bringing anybody to church. You're not winning the lost. That's, listen, you don't think I hold myself accountable for that? I do hold myself accountable to that measure because that's what should be happening. But when they come to you and they offer you these various solutions to the problems they either made up or caused. It's proliferation of crime in this country, why? Why why would there be a 40% increase in felonious crimes in two years? 40%, 25% increase in murders in two years. Why would that be? Because they've decriminalized crime. So they're not, arresting, they're not arresting people for armed robberies anymore. So then they don't arrest the armed robber. Or they can go in and just pack a construction trash bag, contractor's bag, full of $900 worth of material, $900 worth of merchandise, and walk around right out of the store. Those same people that do that are the ones who commit murders. I don't care if they're black. I don't care if they're white. I don't care if they're Hispanic. The same people who do that commit the murders. It's called broken windows policing. You arrest the turnstile jumper because he's the one who commits the rape two days later. He can't commit the rape if he's in jail for the petty theft. That's all Rudy Giuliani did and basically eradicated murder from the entire city of New York. Oh, there goes Tom. That's a Republican. That's a politician. That's politics. Rudy Giuliani's pro-choice. He is. Sorry. That's why he never could do nothing in a Republican Party. People like me ain't voting for him for president. But you ought to know when they come to you and they say, well, you know what the solution to this, this crime wave, well, what the crime wave? When did the crime wave stop? Oh, start? Well, when you took over, strange. And now you're offering me the solution to the problem you caused. And your solution is for me to disarm. So you've defunded the police who aren't gonna call when I call 911, and now I don't have the def- ability to defend myself. You want me to depend on the police who are non-existent to defend me. And and, and you completely count on them because you've disarmed me. Also later, all the teeth are gone from the tiger. And I can't defend myself from a globalist takeover. You're like, Tom, this is politics. Not politics. Please read the book of Revelation when you go home today. Otherwise, you're not gonna know to stand. Oh, well, it seems friendly. Yeah, here's my guns. It's friendly. I'm all in peace. You know, kumbaya, my lord. Yeah. Here's my guns. I surrender. I'll go have fun. <laughs> you ought to know in your spirit. You ought to know the specific. There's two guys who want to date you that are Christians and two girls that want to date you as Christians. God will tell you which one, or he'll tell you none. You ought to live in that level of specificity. And see like 12.06. So how can I know the right move? First, Luke 12.48. From everyone who has been given much, much will be demanded. And from the one who has been entrusted with much, much more will be asked. God expects you to know the specific. God God wants you to know, should I take that job or should I not? I'm trying to think of other specific things. Whatever they may be, God wants you to know. How How can you know? It's not complicated, it's just hard. I'm ending with this. I'm gonna give you, I'm just, we'll just do a preview. Here's the preview. What was the much that was given to you? Come on. From everyone who has been given much, or Romans 8.32, everything, all things. Ephesians 1.3, everything, every spiritual gift is yours. What are these what was what was this much that was given to you it can be summarized in two words holy ghost nobody's got the holy ghost but you the unsaved do not have the holy ghost you got it narrow is the way and few find it we are supposed to be a remnant that the world is petrified of because of the power of the holy ghost that's the much that was given to you. And here's where I'll close. Aaron, wherever you're at, worship team, wherever you're at, make your way. I never know. I guess Aaron hangs out back there now. Is that where he's at? I have no idea. He used to sit right here. Soul Rose cleared out. Somebody needed to move to the front. I'm so far away now from the front row that my spit won't touch you anymore. Like in the old church, you needed like a shamu shield. this is the way that you will know the specific. Should you go right? Should you go left? Should you take this job? Should you date this person? Should you take on this governmental regulation? Should you wear a mask? Should you vax? The Holy Ghost will tell you yes or no, but you will have to have squelched so much of the ambient noise in your life that you can hear that still small voice. You gotta squelch it. John 16, seven and eight. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. He will tell you what is right. He will tell you. I'm trying to summarize this and close. The question is, will you ask him to come in? If you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your your heavenly father give the Holy Ghost to them that ask him? If you want the specific, a specific walk with God, will you know, God wants me to talk to that person. God wants me to go and tell that person this. God wants me to write a check to that person. You want, if you don't don't have that level of, of specificity, You're supposed to write a check to somebody. That's your seed for your own prosperity and the seed never gets sown because you don't know it. You walk around in pitch black blindness. Well, I'm a good Christian, you know, I show. Okay, you're going to heaven. Congratulations. What kind of affect are you going to have here? And heaven isn't your reward. Heaven isn't the much that was given to you. The much that was given to you was the Holy Ghost. And he will, here's the thing, so much on this. He'll tell you things to come. John 16, 13. And that, first, first Timothy 4, 1. Now the spirit speaketh expressly, that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. You know, everybody talks about false prophets and false preachers. They're not the, one, they're not the heapers. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall so they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. It's you guys, it's the congregants that heap to themselves teachers, not this church. There's people watching though right now, probably a couple hundred watching us live right now. Love you all. There's people that are watching right now, we are their church. They have nothing else but us. Nothing. You, know, like you Tom used to say they have nothing else but you. No, they have nothing else but us. Me and you are a movement. They don't have anything else. I have people that come up to me every week. I'm, just, I'm done. I'm, not, I'm gonna preach more about this next week. I have people come up to me weekly at the door. Well, we're heading back to Michigan. We have no idea where we're gonna go. Um, there's nothing there. You know why they say there's nothing there? Because there's nothing there. I'm serious. There is a time that we are living in a time where you will have to move. To a church, because there ain't nothing in states, entire states. I've been talking about it. I haven't done it because I'm lazy, and I forget. <laughs> Cops into my mind, and then it pops out. My mind is just full of other things. <laughs> but I want I actually need to create a map, a directory to tell people, because people regularly contact our church and say, "Where should I attend? I live in." Uh, you know, New Hampshire, There's nothing in New Hampshire. I don't know, because there isn't within hours, you, every day, even if, even if you're gonna spend the rest of your day mad at the things that I said in here, understand that the, the gift of this, this assembly, of this church. There are some of you, I would venture to say most of you, you can go anywhere, you couldn't go anywhere else. You can't. You, you wanna be pierced. You're like me. I like it, I like going where I am pierced, where I am bothered, where I am challenged. I likes it. Big Tommy like. I mean, you can't go back. So if you get mad about something, go home and defeat me with the Bible. Schedule an appointment with Heather and come and counsel me. (laughs) I I ain't preaching nothing that's not in the Bible outside of my sex talk. (laughs) You can take that or leave it. If you, you want to be sexless, go ahead. Don't listen to me feel free. Enjoy a life of celibacy. Go join the priesthood somewhere. Go be a monk. Good. (laughs) Just trying to help. Just being a a community partner and a good neighbor. (laughs) Every head bowed, every eye closed. It's good to finish. Listen, there's no reason for this to be ominous. It doesn't need to be ominous. If you're you're a Christian and you've fallen away into a lifestyle of sin, that's what we call, for simplicity's sake, backslidden. If that's you, now is your time. It's It's not ominous. It's a big deal, but it's not ominous. You need to get right with God. If they have escaped the corruption of the world by knowing our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and are again entangled in it and overcome, they are worse off at the end than they were at the beginning. That's you, if you're a backslidden Christian. You're actually worse off than the unsaved because you know better and have chosen sin instead. Not talking about you struggle with sin. You've sinned, get it right, sin, get it right. That's called vacillation. I'm talking about backslidden. You've conceded to sin, a lifestyle of sin. You gotta get your life right with God because if you died today, you'd go straight to hell. That's the Bible, Colossians 1, 21 through 23. 2 Peter two twenty through twenty. 2, 2 Peter 2.20-22 2, 20 Revelation 3.15-16 I go on and on It's a hell bound condition to be a backslidden believer I don't care what John Calvin says I care what the Bible says I don't care what Tom Lightley says I care what the Bible says Maybe you've never been saved Maybe today's message pierced your heart Talk about the gulf between heaven and hell In a scorched tongue You don't want to be there the average life expectancy in America, which is bogus, is 77 years. But even if you live the full 20, 120 like me, still just a blip on the screen in screen eternity. It's nothing. Eternity is what counts. Don't for the sake of your own personal righteousness, I'm right, I'm right, I'm right, I have to be right. And you're beholden to being right. But you're clearly wrong in accordance to the word of God. Don't hold on to your faux righteousness for the sake of pride, because pride goes before destruction. Get right with God today. I urge you as a friend, as a pastor, as hopefully a future brother in Christ, I urge you to get your life right with God today. If you fit into either one of these two categories, you're a backslidden believer, you've never been saved. If that's you, you need to get your life right with God. I'm not going to bring you forward. I'm not taking you to a back room. I'm going to ask you to do two things. I'm going to ask you to raise your hand and I'm going to ask you to pray. Even when you pray, everybody else is going to be praying with you. So the only one who will, that will know that you made this commitment today is me. I'm your witness. Two or more agree. Two or more have gathered. I'm your witness. If you need to get your life right with God, right where you're at, first step, stretch your hand up in the air, right where you're at. I got you to my middle, middle left, got you, left, got you, middle left, got you again. Got you back right, anybody else? Got you, got you, you can put them down. Those of you that wanted to raise your hands, but you didn't, you know that it's you, last chance today. And for you, tomorrow is not guaranteed, for the believer it is if they stand in the word of God. You didn't raise your hand, but you know that you should've. Put that hand up right now, Jesus' name. Put it up, there you go, God bless you. God bless you, God bless you. You can put them down, gotcha. Those of you who lifted your hands, told you I wouldn't embarrass you, I'm not. not doing a thing. Pray this prayer, it's a prayer of repentance. Repentance is a change of thought, a 180 degree turn. Pray this prayer of repentance and of faith in Christ, and you are saved everybody pray this out loud with me lord jesus i come to you right now and i receive you as my lord and i receive you as my savior i ask you to forgive me for all of my sins and i now turn from them and i give you my life from this day on in jesus mighty name church shouts Amen and amen. Praise you, Lord.